Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, the podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have, hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 Minutes of Clarity starts now. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity. And with I'm your host, Jason Noble. And with me today is our co-host, Andy Merchant. Andy, take us away, buddy. Hey, Jason. I know I love our 20 minutes together. And, uh, you know, always coming up with our insightful conversation. And now we get the luxury of and continual weekly conversations to incorporate our great uh, our listeners and those that are that are interested in, in wealth decision making. You know, lately with market volatility and everything else is out there, man, I have just been getting a lot of questions around preparing for retirement, the components and the features and the complexity that goes on. Right. I mean, and, you know, our industry is very good at throwing out jargon around withdrawal rates and early savings. And, and I think it was a cool topic that you and I to discuss today on this because it, it it kind of, you know, resonates with everybody depending on which client experience you go into, whether you're accumulating assets, you're preparing or in retirement, or even if you're one of those clients that just has amassed so much wealth that you need to have maybe a different, different approach of retirement, you know, and those kind of things. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit today about the common conversations that you're having. Um, yeah. You know, I'll say, you know, Andy, there's something that uh, I've I've really picked up since we've been talking on a regular basis. It's about 90% of the advisors out there do about the same thing. What makes you and I different and being in the other 10% is that we could be able to help someone that has 500,000 to 500 million. It, it's very interesting that we, we both have that ability and skill set. But the interesting, but there's a commonality. There's common questions that I'm seeing, and 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 mm-hmm. I, I think it would be good for us to kind of kick those things off when it comes to retirement. Like one of the reasons that people come to you and I is they they saved their whole life, um, and they did they they did what they were supposed to do, right? They were they did what they were told to do. They learned that from like their coworkers or their spouses or even their parents. But they put very little to no thought into how they're going to transition that money into income streams throughout retirement to offset like healthcare costs or even inflation and, and, and even taxes that come into play. So let's kick off with that. Like, what are the things that you would want to share with us about how you work with your clients or and, uh, what people should be considering about turning their assets into income streams? Yeah, you know, and I think it's a good point. I think, you know, the first thing and and the thing that resonates the most that I tell clients all the time, Jason, is, you know, don't wait until you're retiring 
to start your retirement transition and income strategy. Too often in my past, I've had clients, I'm sure you've had, right? That have come into your office and say, I'm ready to retire and say, great, when are you doing this? I quit my job yesterday, right? Because then at that point, the planning's out the window and it's really just about um, showing clients how to do things. So um, I think the main key is that, you know, we're always preparing for retirement. Um, we're always developing an income stream as you and I built in the clear picture analysis and our overall wealth program. It's about finding that retirement independence. But um, the main thing is understand, um, you know, let's understand the benefits that you are projected to get. You know, Social Security is going to be a question mark out there. It's always going to be a moving target. So, you know, is it a reliance? I don't know. I mean, are you building in plans right now for people to rely on Social Security at the full number? Or what are you incorporating into um, to strategies beyond just the withdrawal rate of assets saved? Well, like, okay, I do look at what are the reliable income uh, sources, right? And that could be Social Security, obviously, but then do they have real estate portfolios where they have reliable reoccurring income coming in? Or do they have other types of strategies? There's so many things out there that could provide that reliable reoccurring income, even if it's for like five years or 15 years, right? Like we could build that into the analysis. And then look at what we need to take off from the portfolios as well. Which but is then so also important looking right at now. the tax drag. Oh, it's so important, especially like if you have multiple income sources, um, you may not need to pull out much of anything from your investment accounts, which will allow you to let that money continue to to navigate through this economy and market that we're in. Um, yeah. And and there is a ratio. I don't want to get too geeky, you know, but it's called <laughs> portfolio reliance ratio. And when the person has a high ratio, like an 80%, excuse me, ratio, when the markets are volatile, they get very worried, a lot of anxiety, a lot of concern. And it makes sense because 80% of their expenses are reliant on their portfolio. But if well, someone has a 10%, important. well, yeah, let's I talk about it. Yeah. yeah, I think because I think for a lot of people, when you say portfolio reliance, you know, again, I think jargon's important in our industry. You and I kind of get excited about it because we see it, we understand the benefit, but the everyday client may not understand it. And I think that we just need to go into a very simple scenario of what it means for portfolio reliance. Because I think that backs into, you know, maybe the non-traditional way of approaching planning for retirement is build that secure income so that you don't have to rely on your portfolio. So why don't you elaborate just a little bit on, on portfolio reliance as like a, tell me like I'm a second grader. Okay, you, you need $100,000 to live per year in retirement. That's that's what it looks like for you to meet your essential and discretionary goals, right? You, the, the money you need to have and the money that you want to have, right, for spending. Yeah. If if I need to send out $80,000 per year for your from your investment account, we need to make sure you have a big account, right? Because the 80000 a year coming in off the account, that could be that's a high portfolio reliance ratio. You're relying on 80% of your expenses to come from the investments. Mm. So if you don't have a whole lot of money and you have that much coming in off the portfolio, any market drop, 10, 15%, next thing you know, you're 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 feeling anxiety. It's like, you know, explain this to a second grade, it's like somebody ate your lunch. Right. And you're <laughs> not too happy about it. They traded you, but they didn't give you any any cookies back, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you if you let's say you're spending a hundred thousand, and ten thousand is coming off your portfolio, and the market is moving around, 
you have and studies show you don't get as uh, as 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 uh emotional you you don't get as anxious you don't mm-hmm. get as concerned because it's representing 10% of that 100,000 and the other 90,000 is coming in from let's say social security right and then other income sources whether whatever they may be as long as they're reliable income sources that are paying out money on a consistent basis we can factor yep. that in and make sure it's part of your retirement income strategy. Yeah, I think you said it great. I mean, I think, you know, you and I, you you kind of really reintroduced me to the concept of portfolio reliance. And it's become such a foundation of of my client conversations um, and especially the, the development of their retirement income, because, you know, 20, you know, 2022 really kind of showed us that, you know, because I always tell clients too, you got to mm-hmm. think about it. Traditional retirement planning has been get a great job, put it into your employee benefit, get the match, stash it away, store it for a little bit longer, um, pick a day when you're ready to retire. And then at those points in time, start turning on these social security benefits, which we all know, right, is is, is a tough, kind of a, a tough decision making because if you retire early, do you take it and penalize yourself? How do you incorporate those strategies? Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, if you save a bunch of money in a traditional 401k plan, and maybe start your your uh, your your benefits plan, your your Social Security and, and other factors early. Um, you know, then you got to factor in taxes. That just just starts to really compound the the portfolio reliance ratio, and that makes it very difficult, especially in down markets. Um, so I think it's extremely yeah, you, important. You got you got tax drag. That's an ugly monster under the bed, and then you have inflationary risk, which is another another ugly monster. But that one's in the closet, right? And then you have the third ugly monster under the bed on this. So I'm going to put this one back under the bed, which would be healthcare costs. And yeah. if you're not factoring in in your in your retirement plan, how to offset these ugly monsters that are you know hiding? They will come and get you if you don't have it factored in. If you don't have a plan in place and well in well in advance, you know. And and I just talked about this on my radio show. So like you know, seven to 10 years out, that's when you start building out what transitioning and looking at income streams into, into going into retirement. And then as you get closer that, you know, that three to seven years out, then you're looking at offsetting market volatility right before you get into retirement. And I think that's a good transition. You know, you don't want to be betrayed by the market early on in retirement or right before you retire. It could really derail a financial plan. How do you help like clients navigate like not being betrayed by the market right before they get into retirement or as they start retirement? Well, yeah, that's that's the that's the the the, the big question, right? And the big strategy is um you know, a lot of it is we've talked in the clear picture program and everything else we do is it's about putting you as the client or the uh, or the individual in control, you know. And, you know, if you if you made the decision that, hey, you're excited, you woke up in January of 2022 and said, let's go. I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to, to embark on this transitional journey. And then now the market starts falling. You have experienced, you know, a 20 percent drop in your portfolio while you're taking money out. Um that could be an emotional roller coaster for people. So a lot of times, you know, things that I've done is, you know, when we sit down and we start developing, you know, plans, we develop we we develop contingency strategies and considerations. You know, for example, um, you know, again, these aren't designed to go into weeds. We hope that people will call us on these these insights. But um, 
part of it is, uh, for example, if you've got a big portfolio, it's a non-retirement account or a home and you have equity in your home, you could have added in um, home equity lines of credits. Um, mm-hmm. I have clients that we put on home equity clients of credits right before they retired. It's part of the planning process because here's the thing. Banks don't give you money when you retire because you don't have money anymore. Um, so before you retire, set up a home equity line of credit. Why would you do that? Well, take 2022 markets are down. I would have had to pull money out of a 401k, pay taxes on the money and have it out of the working. Instead, we had low borrowing rates that we were able to utilize short term, allowing the markets to recover, which they've done right in our current scenario. And then now we're able to strategically tax efficiently repay that, that loan. So, so that's one strategy. Yeah. One thing I appreciate that you just shared is that you look at the entire balance sheet to determine, yeah. you know, setting up the strategies and the, and the investments coupled with the entire retirement income plan to be able to do what you just said. How many advisors out there do you think, and I, and I don't have any data here, Andy, but like just focus on the investments, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Because I, I, I like data. It helps me make an informed decision. <laughs> But like how many what percentage of advisors out there that are would you say that just focus on the investments and not looking at the entire balance sheet to come with the comprehensive approach? I think it's overwhelming. Um, I think it's I think I don't have the data either. And you and I are both data guys. But, you know, not to pick too hard on our industry overall, but it's just it's easier. Right. I mean, in the process right now of writing the paper around, you know, the obstacles of, of leading with wealth planning. You know, and one of those components is that it's too, it's a lot of work by the advisor to have knowledge, understanding, consideration, relationships and all these things. But then it's also, it's a lot of things that a client may just not fully understand. And so it's much easier to still help a client get to their goal of retirement. Um, and probably through retirement, just fine by just focusing on investments, balancing the portfolio, reducing risk, which we know in 2022 that the traditional portfolio uh, diversification strategy that we would have normally have used uh, for retirement planning would not have worked. And many of those are probably feeling that right now. Um, so the reality is, is that there's not enough that are probably focusing on that. But I think at the same time, clients have to be have an open mindset to the information they're giving. Um, I know you and I talk a lot. I mean, incorporating annuities into stories, right? That's a completely different environment. But people have still a bad taste in their mouths for how annuities were 10 years ago. You know, mom and dad, old annuities or grandpa and grandpa's annuities are not the same anymore, but they do provide that volatility uh, for clients to do. So I think more advisors need to um, push their clients a little bit. Um, I think more and more clients need to be more open minded to uh, to having that holistic conversation so that the home equity line of credit. Uh, I can't tell you, I know I'm ran a little bit. I can't tell you enough how many times I say, hey, we're going to put a home equity line of credit on your house. And they're like, why? I'm like, in case we need it. Well, I don't want to have additional debt in retirement. I'm like, well, you know, your house is a giant piggy bank. You just can't touch it. You know, yes, we don't want to over leverage it. We don't like the drag that we feel. But at the same time, it provided a great solution for clients that otherwise would have taken out a significant amount of money in the market and moved on. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, look at the economy and, and, and changing right rapidly. But like just a few years ago, I had clients that were having mortgages at two and a half percent. And I'm like, why would you ever pay that off early? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the chances of my, those clients that are nearing or in retirement um, 
like staying in the home all the way through retirement is slim. That's yeah. slim. If you look at the statistics, right? So why throw all that extra money towards it where only way you can get that money back out is by selling it or taking out a loan in some way or shape or fashion, whether a home equity line or uh, yeah. whatever the case may be. So these are all the things that come into play. And I think it's so important. Another thing that I would say that comes into play and I'm going to kick this over to you as well. And I, I'm going to share my insights is when I'm meeting with um, people who are interviewing me to see if we're a good fit, right. For each other, right. We want to make sure that our core values align and, and the approach that we take aligns with their expectations. One thing that I keep on running across is they have a, like a, a good part of their net worth in these 401ks and 403bs, yeah. 457s, but their current advisor is not doing anything with them, like not giving any guidance on it. And I do know that in 2021, they came out with the, the Security Exchange Commission came out with prohibitive transaction saying like, unless you're managing the money directly, you can't give advice on 401ks or held away accounts, right? But like, you know, why, I want to have you like that law that came out. Why do you think so many advisors turn their back to their clients on this instead of turning into the law and seeing how they could start working with their clients and not neglect these 401ks that are sitting there that have a good part, portion of the overall net worth? I'll have you speak to that. Yeah. I mean, um, again, I think it's the, it's the, path of least resistance and most most advisors are comfortable with what they've got under management and that's and that's the, that's why we're different you know it goes back to your 10% rule so you know again not speaking to why advisors that I don't know who didn't do what I, I think that I think the cool thing is focusing really our conversation around you know what we're doing around that you mm -hmm. know I mean they've came out with some new options I agree you know I wish I had the stats I was looking for them but if you think about it I mean going just through my client client relationships most of the money that we we have the opportunity to manage or most of clients' retirement net worth is in 401ks. Now, while they're working, right, which are usually have less impact of management and things like that. So I know you've got a great partnership. And I think some of this, I think, you know, as far as maybe the, the time of the call we have left is, you know, talk about how we're able to utilize a great new technology and program and, and benefit the law that you referred to or the changes in it to now actually help clients manage one of their biggest assets that aren't, aren't under our direct, you know, strategy management. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's partner, there's a partner, a great business partner we work with where we're able to actually log in and link inside the, of the 401k or 403b, any, any, mo most accounts. I only have come across maybe one account that I have not been able to link into, but what we're able to do is keep the money in the 401k. And if that's the best place to keep it, that's where we keep it. But I'm able to see all their investment choices and not only all their investment choices, but I get full transparency into those investment choices. Like for instance, like most people are familiar with mutual funds, but there's also CITs that are inside mm -hmm. these 401ks that you can't get a lot of transparency unless you're directly logged in and seeing it. Mm -hmm. So the CIT, that expense ratio of 0.01%, Versus buying the mutual fund that had 66 basis points on the expense ratio or, or just over half a percent for those that are yeah. listening. What I'm getting at is that's more money in my client's pocket by going into the CIT that had a very good active strat, a very good strategy for what I was looking for for that portion of the account. 
But then what I was able to do is actually, this was a large company investment, large cap. I was able to lower the large cap in their IRAs because I was able to get more into the 401k at a lower price point. So I was able to do what's referred to as the industry's asset location. But I'm connecting the 401k to the IRAs, to the brokerage accounts, the trust accounts. It's all connected, working for a common goal, which is something I was able to do with this partnership. But what was frustrating when the rule first came out is there was two months where I couldn't give any guidance on 401ks. So I was very appreciative of our company, Andy, of working yeah. hard to get this uh, partnership established so it wasn't two years later. It was two months, and we were able to get right back into the work that we've been doing for our clients before the new regulation came out. Well, so I think that that's so important. A, Go ahead. Yeah, well, I think, I think adding it as we, as we land here, as well, you know, how many times have we sat in a client meeting and talked about, hey, we probably need to rebalance the allocation in your portfolio. And we were reliant on the client had to go back, log in and make the proactive effort, which what seven out of 10 times it actually got done. Right. And so it, then they come to review and they're like, why is my why is my whole holistic portfolio down? It's like, well, we didn't change this. So the, the plan got a little out of whack. Um, and so this platform allows us now to go in right and manage and, and implement so that their plan connected to what you mentioned earlier, their holistic plan. We can now utilize their 401k if they're early in retirement to generate some growth, right? Be the growth engine because you're putting money into it. Take their outside accounts, IRAs, possibly buy some of those downside protection, future incomes. We have so much control of the client's total portfolio now with this solution. And I am so excited that we have it. And I'm really excited to get more of my clients. And I know you have a lot of your clients engaged with us. So I really hope that those listening today that have large 401ks or a 401k at all and say, can I get some more professional management? And the cost is so minimal um, for the return potential. I mean, I'm excited for it. So that's uh, that's my, my final comments on retirement planning for the day. Andy, I always appreciate our conversations. For everyone listening, that was Andy Merchant. And that's Jason Noble. Have a great day.